up in Brooklyn, New York. That church found out I loved that song. And what, what they did not know was that some hymns, uh, they, 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 my love for a song and my, uh, of a hymn and my appreciation for uh, him, they all had, all of these songs had a, a season in my life. And I remember one time the song that, I, the hymn that I fell in love with was Abide With Me. And I, I, I was so uh, uh, into that hymn uh, that one night I, I sung it to my mother. And we don't even get along. And, but I, I know that she, uh, we, we disagree on things rather. I know that she was hoping that I would hurry up and finish singing because I, 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 I can't sing and she can't sing either. Only my dad and my baby sister, I believe my sister on the V can sing a little bit. My brother can sing on deck as well. But he could play the drums in the church. He can hold a tune. He, he, he was able to keep a beat. And uh, the rest of us, I don't even think my mother even tried to sing. That's another good thing about the hymns, the congregational hymns. Everybody, everybody, all of God's people ought to be singing the hymns in the congregation. And, uh, and, and every church ought to have at least one song where the whole congregation sings. And you know what happens. God blesses it and blends it together. And all of the good singers hide and cover over all the bad singers. I've never heard any bad congregational singing unless there's just a few people in the congregation. Then you, you can tell. But if you have congregational singing in the church, and you have a good number of people, that's a beautiful sound. Because all of the singers, they may, they may intentionally do it. I don't know. I guess the singers, they, they say, let's, we, get, we, need to, we need to really blow here today. And, 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 and because, you know, everybody's singing is not going to work. And you don't want to give the mic to somebody or have a mic nearby somebody who can't sing. They, they're going to ruin it. And they get so offended. But, you know, you can't, if you can't sing, you don't have a gift to sing. You can't carry a tune in the jaw. You need to, you need to sing so low. So low that we can't hear you that much. Get, get your blessing in singing it. Smile and grin, but make sure you keep yours down some. That's all. And so, as you know, since Sunday night, I'm compelled by God to deal with this subject, uh, wokeism, 
and I have been including it in all of the sermons, and uh, and so I'm I'm doing that tonight a little bit because you must understand that the reason why wokeism is so um, um, such uh, a monster created by the devil. I gave you the three philosophies that wokeism is built on and, and, and somebody combined the three. And, uh, uh, and it is a behemoth. It is a monster. It is Godzilla and King Kong combined together. The devil has thrown this monster out there. Uh, and it's, it, and it's, it's, it's based upon three philosophies. There's some threeness in it. See? And, and, it's, and so the devil is trying to copy God with this threeness. The three philosophers. I mentioned them to you last night. Uh, Marxism. Marx, Karl Marx, uh, Nietzsche, and uh, uh, Freud, okay, and their philosophies. And I got that from Dr. Ed Young Jr. Okay, but I'm going to tell you three arenas that they operate from based upon those philosophies. Racism, the, the destruction of the nuclear traditional family, number two, and number three, so-called sexual orientation. They get that from Freud, see. It's all about sex and your orientation and what happened to you when you were a child. And these people went down, these, the devil got some folks and put this thing together. And I know most of my Baptist preachers not going to give credit where credit is due now. They're the enemy. But the, the, the enemy is not dumb and the enemy is not stupid. Uh, because many pastors don't know what to do. Thank God for Dr. Ed Young Jr. And a few others. But, 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 but uh, I believe that this behemoth has met its match. And Dr. Ed Young Jr. Uh, and I'm not going to brag on myself as a prophet because I've been preaching against this ever since it came out. But the reason why I want pastors and people to listen to Dr. Ed Young Jr. because he's coming from a pastor's perspective with a loving heart. He's probably the most fun-loving pastor uh, in the church today. He's a fun-loving guy. Okay? But now, when he has to preach, he is a preaching machine. And especially now, because God has taken him somewhere. I don't know where he's been, but God took him somewhere and talked to him. Because he's a preaching machine now. I mean, and, and, and brave, courageous, 
and still fun-loving. And he's doing it, and he, he's fighting the most difficult thing he's ever fought in his ministry. And he's got the guts to do it. And he, he's spilling it out. He's telling it out like it is. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And I want all you preachers who are watching me tonight, all of you pastors, white and black, you need to get with him. Don't make up, don't, don't, don't have a symposium, don't have a conference. We don't need any more conferences. You need to have, you need to, if you can get a hold of him, and he'll answer, he'll, he'll call you back. He's that kind of guy, if you're a pastor, and you mean business. And he'll send you his sermons. You say, well, how do you know? I'm telling you, he will send, he will send his sermons to you. And, and, and we're not going to do the plagiarism like uh, Andy Stanley and them and Linton. We're not doing that. Uh, you got you to gotta put something into it now. It's got to be real to you. And I want you to contact him and get the sermon series. I want you to listen to the sermon series seven times. This is my prescription for you, Pastor. Listen to it seven times. The whole thing. Uh, listen to it with your staff three times. So that's ten. If you have a good staff. Now, if you got some woke staff members, you got to get them out of there. They have to be saved and baptized again. Or you got to get them out. Because they're not going to help you. Ah, they're going to be doing all the, you know, folding of the arms. Because they're full of hell and the devil. Because, see, this is a demon spirit. This is a demon spirit, man. And you can't corral it, you know, like that. Okay, and then I want you to get your message from God and use some of his stuff, because he's already done the blade work, the hard work. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, but you can't get up there using, like Linton did, uh, the... Uh, the uh, the introductory remarks of Greer, that's insane. Okay, mm -mm. I called him out on that big time. That's why he only had one term. Pastor Litton only had one term as a Southern Baptist Convention president because of God using me. Moi. That's it. I called him out on that foolishness. You, you plagiarized so bad, you used the man's introductory notes. And I said, that has never been done in the history of the church. That's no, no. There's something very evil going on here. No pastor has ever done that. You can't say your own introductory remarks. That I mean, just, you know, good morning church or something. You got you to gotta copy what they said down to a T like that? No, we're not talking about that now. I'm talking to real preachers. This pastor has already done the work. He's a happy warrior. He's not mad at anybody, but he knows that it has to be dealt with. And I don't know if he's consulted with his father or not, because his father preaching like he never preached before. He's not, he's not preaching these little sugary sermons he was preaching at one time. His father, Ed Young Sr., <laughs> old man too but he did better than I did one time he 
he dropped his paper, bullet full of paper, you know. And that was so refreshing to see, too, for an old preacher. He, he got in the pulpit, put his Bible down on the podium, and he pulled a piece of paper because he wanted to give these statistics. He dropped the paper. Now, for he's older than I am, but he's, he's in pretty good shape because he didn't have this... He didn't have to take that leg way out there to bend down. He had to, he had to stick it out there a little bit. Because see, when you get to a certain age, you can't just bend down and pick it up. You might fall over. You got to brace yourself and stick that leg on out there and create a triangle. Okay, you got to stick it out. You got to stick it out. You got to stick that leg out. You can't just bend over. Or you need to ask for somebody to help you. Nobody was there on that Sunday morning. That he was up there by himself. And, 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 and some of us are not the risk of bending down to pick up a piece of paper. But he did it, and he, he, did, he did fairly well. But he, I don't know if they're getting together and saying, man, we, we, we got to start preaching. <laughs> we can't be playing now because they're they coming after us. Like Ed Young Jr. said, they're they coming after the church. And they're already infiltrated into the church. The devil is a lie. So. I say the devil is a lie. And I mean that. Okay. So, allow me to read in your hearing what I read on Sunday night. I'm not preaching that full sermon, but I, God led me to deal with this every day. I'm just going to deal with it. Because it is a demon spirit, and some people got this demon in them and they don't even know it. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old path. Where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. And we got people like that today, and I want to tell pastors, and I want to tell parents, and I want to tell the police officers, the three Ps. Because, the, 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 see, these groups right here, this is, it's 3-3-3, three, 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 people. Dr. Ed Young Jr. hipped us to the three philosophies and the three men behind the philosophies. And I'm hipping you through, uh, to rather, the three major uh, institutions that God created that they are destroying the uh, family 
the church and government seen right now in the Philippines I mean I'm sorry seen right now with the police big time that's the first line that they're seeking to destroy okay they have no respect for authority which is totally contrary to scripture three three and now these three Okay. Proverbs 22, 28. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Psalm 11, 3. If the foundations be destroyed, they are seeking to destroy the pillars of the foundations, not only of the church, not only of the family, not only of the government, but of the world. Okay? And that's what they're doing. And, and I'm not afraid to say it. They, they, they are doing a great job for what, they're, for what they are planning to do. This is a concerted effort. We're not talking about conspiracies. But this is a direct, concerted effort. There are people used by the devil who have gathered together, and this is a satanic, in the words of Dr. Ed Young Jr., a satanic strategy. Rooted in paganism. Which is satanism. And idol worship. All of that goes together. Those three things go together. And it proves, of course, further that the Bible is true. That when you get the three thing going, it's really hard to fight. And see, this is why Dr. Ed Young Jr. said this, this, is, this is not about politics. This is not about conservative or liberal and all that stuff y'all talking about it's not about that this is deeper than that that's what he said and he's right verse 3 if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do I just want to uh, I've dealt with a combination of the impact that wokeism has upon the family and uh, upon the church and the community and that all of that would be broken down even more now and I and the reason why I want you to hear what Dr. Ed Young uh, is saying because he's a pastor and a scholar as well a prophet is not a pastor and nor is he a scholar. Uh, I'm just going to cry aloud and spare not. Okay? And if I got to use some of my pastor's friend, my pastor friend here, uh, who, 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 he mentioned how that he was in the coffee shop one day. He was studying on this thing. See, there's some pastors, that they, they know how to get deep down into it. And they're gifted at it. Not only are they gifted at it, though, they've been trained to do it. To investigate. 
to dig down deep. He said he had to do a deep dive <clears throat> into it. So, see, and see, some people will try to make it all about racism. Now, I'm the one that told you all of that is just, just a Trojan, Trojan horse. Racism is a Trojan horse. I've also said that we got people in the church, when they want to feel like they're doing something, they choose racism. White and black, like they're doing something. That's a symptom, man. We're not over racism yet. We're going to have a problem. We're not over that yet. Racism, are we still talking about race? I'm not talking about race. Because, see, here's the thing. If you are born again, you don't have a problem with race. Dr. Ed Young said something close to what I have said. He said that is a man-made construct. I've always said that uh, people, when they want to feel like they're doing something, they use race. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the other men that preachers that God raised up, they dealt with that way back yonder. Dr. Tony Evans took on the mantle. The mantle was laid on him, I believe, to help people to work it out. You know, you know how you, you got to work out your own salvation? Now, as meek as he is, uh, and being a loving pastor and prophet and evangelist, uh, you know, he did in a very loving and, and quiet way. But you people have not listened. That's the problem. I'm shocked. I'm shocked and surprised that he's still trying to help you with race. I don't. I don't. I don't believe he wants to because, you know, he's done it so many times. But like I said, he's a meek, and 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 humble man, and he'll go right back in there and try to help you again. This is his calling. This is his thing. Uh, and what Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter rather, has done, they have used racism as a Trojan horse to bring in homosexuality and transgenderism. That was the main purpose of using it. Because race has already been dealt with. Do we have racism still today? Yes. You know why? Because the church has not done her job. Not in marching against racism like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and, and, and they did. They, and, and they, they did the right thing. They were following Jesus. Peaceful. Not like Black Lives Matter. Burning up police stations, killing people, burning down restaurants, all that. Raising hell on earth. No, no. You say, are you black? Aren't you black? Aren't you with Black Lives Matter? No. Never have been. And I told you that. Burning down a police station and burning down people's houses and burning down businesses is stupid. That's what wild animals do. Act stupid like that. We're, we're human beings. We don't need to do that. Now, now you don't have a restaurant. Now you don't have a police station. Now all the police are going home. They're, they're quitting. You know why? Because you, you call them pigs in a blanket. And you disrespected them. They got injured by you throwing stuff at them and all this kind of stuff like that. And then you're going to tell them you're going to re reduce their salary? 
they have gone bye-bye. So this little segment comes from Dr. McWhorter, I think is his name, Dr. McWhorter. Dr. John McWhorter. Now he's a liberal, but he speaks common sense, which some people think he's a conservative. He's a liberal. You don't get a job at Columbia being a conservative. He teaches at Columbia University. You don't get on the board uh, write for New York Times, and this article is from the New York Times. And you're out and out conservative. That's not, that's not going to work. So he's a liberal man, but he speaks common sense. And this little kind of a, re of a review of his book by Zaid Jelani, uh, he talks about Dr. McHorter's, uh book titled Woke Racism. Now he's dealing with the woke racism part. But this is a broad thing. You got woke church. You got woke uh, this, that, and the other. The woke family. Woke church. Woke government issues. It's across the board. I can't remember it clearly, but when we were growing up, there was something called the blob. It's all over the place. That's what this thing is. It's all over the place. How a new religion, this is the subtitle of the book, has betrayed black America by Dr. John McWhorter. Woke racism. This man who was writing about the book said, growing up in the 1990s, I was and see, this is a subject that needs some heat from the prophet, but it also needs some light. Uh, you understand? That's what, that's what Dr. McHord is bringing, and that's what Dr. Ed Young Jr. is bringing to the table. It needs some fire, some heat, and some light. He said, while growing up in the 1990s, I was raised to be optimistic about American society. That society welcomed my parents from Pakistan with open arms. It produced the Georgia man who, in the days after 9-11, approached my family and told us that if anyone harassed us in any way, because of our Muslim faith, he would come to our aid. I knew the country still had problems. I decided to become a journalist so I could shed light on society's imperfections. But I did so in a spirit of hopefulness. In recent years, however, a much darker vision has emerged on the political left. He said a much darker vision has emerged. Now he's a liberal too. The guy who's writing this article has emerged upon the liberal left. With liberal left 
people. He said, America isn't a land of opportunity. It's barely changed since the days of Jim Crow. That's what they believe. Whites universally privileged maintain an iron grip on American society. This is what the liberal left corrupt people are saying. White and black. While non-whites are little more than virtuous victims cast adrift on a plank in an ocean of white supremacy. You can talk all of that smack all you want to. All I know is uh, nobody ought to be throwing people down on the railroad tracks on the subway in New York. Because this is all of this right here I'm dealing with, it, it, it has led to that. San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco. San Francisco, as well as Los Angeles, if they were clean, would be the two of the most beautiful cities you've ever seen in your life. You can see the beauty if you, you know, if you have traveled like I have. When you come across that ridge into the lost, down into the valley of Los Angeles, that's a beautiful thing. San Francisco, beautiful. I, 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 I've been there when it was beautiful several times. When it was beautiful, it's not beautiful anymore. You got people defecating on the streets, human beings, not dogs. Urinating on the street. You can see it right out there in plain. And people are living in, I mean, living on the street in front of buildings that cost millions of dollars. It leads, see this right here, all this foolishness leads to that. This worldview has swiftly implanted itself into major institutions. From our universities to our corporations. Why has it captivated so many people? This, this, this is what befuddles people like Dr. Ed Young Jr. and others. And this, this befuddles many people. Many so-called leaders are confused. So many black people, black so-called leaders, were confused and are still confused at all of this. They didn't know whether or not to support Black Lives Matter or support the police. They were confused. They were caught like a deer in headlights. Okay? And many thousands of folk, white and black, who, yes, I, I, I want to love black people and show that I support them. I, I didn't know it was this big of a problem. <clears throat> At the same time, I, I thank God for the police because uh, when I call them, they, they come pretty quickly. They were caught in the middle, and many people are caught in the middle of the day. See, the aftermath is so bad that a fun-loving pastor like Ed Young Jr. had to take a deep dive 
and pull up some good stuff to deal with this ugly monster. And I'm telling all you pastors, if he had to do this, you better do it. You better do it. Because you, you, you're starting to see the uh, aftermath of it now in your church. You have parents who, whose hearts have been snatched out of their chests because the boy that you Christian or you sprinkled in front of the church and blessed him as a little baby now has his penis cut off at the age of 17 and wearing a wig in your church. And you're dealing with a parent whose heart has been literally, you know, you know what I'm saying, snatched out of his chest, a father and a mother. And they're asking in the back of their minds, Pastor, why, why haven't you done something to stop this? You gallivant all over the world and you have a big name and you got plenty of money. You didn't see this coming? Now we have a group of young people in the church. The boys want to be girls and the girls want to be boys and they think it's cool and they are getting this information from our public schools where you sit or you used to sit on the board or you still sit on the board. You didn't see this coming down the pike, Pastor? And now you're letting drag queens into the church for our children to see? Pastor, why didn't you put your foot down? And many pastors and many others have gotten caught in wanting to look loving and not loving at the same time because you're allowing this evil to happen. See, this is what my dad did in our family. He was very loving, but not loving at the same time because loving, when you're truly loving with the God kind of love, you rebuke people for their evil and you chastise them and you, you draw the line. And where pastors ought to draw the line, yes, we love you, we love all people, you're welcome to visit, but you can't be members here and you are dressed like a monster. A man dressing as a woman. And they're coming. They are coming. They're in churches today. And, and ignorant pastors trying to show love. Trying to, you know, go with the flow. And be accepted by the government. Uh, uh, the government leaders want to be seen with the president who's all for this foolishness and because they want to go to the Christmas party at the church at the White House instead of uh, standing up for Christ in the church see that's one of the reasons why we're in this mess and I'm just going to touch on it because I don't have time to deal with it God gave this country a, a chance but we had sycophantic pastors following a Jezebel, uh, Revelation Jezebel woman, because that's the one that Trump chose to be the leader over the pastors. Why? I don't know why. And she controlled them 
and kept them back from saying what needed to be said to that president. He would be in office today if he had done what I told him to do. Instead of the gung-ho foolishness that he did and the sycophantic pastors who just want to take pictures with Melania and him and go to the Christmas party thinking that they're important, let, this, let that chance pass. And I have no fear of successful contradiction on that. And, and, the, and the black pastors, Obama did the same thing. And where are they now? Nowhere doing nothing. The Columbia University linguist, linguist Dr. John McWhorter, attempts to answer that question in Woke Racism, his book that he wrote, which seeks to both explain and rebut this ideology. Now see, his, his job is to deal with the racism part. My main job, Dr. Ed Young's main job, is to deal with the spiritual part, which is the most important part. See, racism is really, come on, man, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're not talking about that. You're using that as a Trojan horse, you liars. That's all. To bring in homosexuality and transgenderism and all of this damnable confusion in the church today. Got young women cutting off, getting their breasts cut off. Without the parents' permission or knowledge. And they come home with their hair cut short. Their hair is blue, pink, and green. The breast cut off and looking like a boy. And the parent, the parents don't know anything. And they double their dog gay to say anything. And then watch this. Pastors foolishly think that still the power is in the ballot box. No, it's not. All conservative people who are against that foolishness ought to be winning by a landslide, but they're not. You know why? Because half of this country believes that foolishness. And they want a boy to be able to dress up in a dress and rape your daughter in the bathroom. And, and, and we'll call the police on you, Father, if you try to protect your daughter and you get angry about it, they're going to come and drag you down the hallway on the floor and drag you out of there after a dude dressed in a dress went into the girls' bathroom, the girls' locker room, playing on the same team as the girls, raped your daughter. You're not supposed to say anything. You're not supposed to get angry. You're supposed to welcome this and accept this. <clears throat> Excuse me, my pleasant pastors, but no. Mm -mm. Dr. McHorn and I both sit on the board of advisors of the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. Dr. McHorn, who also writes a newsletter for the New York Times opinion section, is a black liberal who dissents from much of the left's views on race issues. 
He's a black liberal. In 2000, he published Losing the Race, Self-Sabotage in Black America. And that's what has happened. He's right. He's not a prophet in the sense that I am, but he's a prophet on that side of the fence. Because black folks are self-sabotaging and ruining the gains that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. fought for, Dr. Tony Evans has fought for, and Dr. Tony Evans is still fighting for, and trying to help people, black and white, in his 70s. See, you know how, uh, 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 as a prophet, you know how I deal with it? Here's the deal. If you hate a black person because he's black, you are lost and on your way to hell. You've never been born again. See, this is the problem in the church. Many people are not, uh, they're in the church, but they're lost and on their way to hell. That's why they can hate a white person and hate a Jew and hate a black. Kanye West is lost. I thought he was saved. But for him to come out against the Jews like that, not understanding that his Savior is a Jew, not understanding that the Jews are a gift to all of the nations of the world, not understanding that we probably wouldn't even be here as a country and all of us would be speaking German if it had not been for some Jews. Thank God for the Jews. And yes, there are some bad Jews. The three philosophies that uh, this wokeism is, 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 is built upon, two of them are Jews. We shouldn't be shocked at that. On both sides of the fence, the Jews are a gifted people. That's all there is to it, and you might as well accept that. I, I told uh, Kanye West in an article that along the way to your billions, I guarantee you there's some Jews who help you get there. If you're in trouble legally, if you really want to get out of the trouble, you if you can afford it, you need to buy, you need to rather pay a Jewish lawyer. You can like that lump, it doesn't matter to me, you can choke on it, what I'm saying. But that's what you need to do. If you've got the money to pay them, they, they can get you out of the situation. By the way, just like your Jew, Jewish lawyer in heaven, who has never lost a case, that's what black folks have said for years. Jesus is a lawyer who's never lost a case. He is, the Bible calls him an advocate. And he can get you off of the worst sentence in the history of the world. Hell fire forever. Dr. McHorder, where he argued that counterproductive cultural beliefs and practices, not racial prejudice, were the main forces preventing more African Americans from succeeding.
Okay. I, God has blessed me to live in the most quietest neighborhood in America. It's more quiet outside than it is inside. All the time. And I like peace and quiet where I live at. I love it. Now, I happen to live surrounded by white folks. And, uh, and I already know that some of them don't trust me as a black man. I, I, I've dealt with this throughout my life. Why don't you live around your own kind then? That's, that's what some of you Black Lives Matter saying. Because I like to be safe and I like to be quiet. I like it to be quiet. I don't want no Negroes out on the corner, white or black. Uh, they're talking 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, playing music and all that. I don't, I don't care. I'm not down with you like that. Plus, I have daughters. Well, yeah, we're not going to bother you. They need to come out here and march with us. No, they don't. Uh, they ain't marching nowhere. <laughs> Dr. Keenan didn't march enough. No, we're going to walk. Okay? So, so I, you know what? You know, and I, I know he's not going to pay his, his, his bill on time and, and so forth and so on. And look at him, black man. Uh-huh. You know what I do? I pay my bill every month ever since I've been here ahead of time. I pay, I pay my bill better than everybody around me. You know why? Because I know that's what they think about me, because I'm black. When the police pull me over, I always got my stuff outside the window ready for it. He'd go, yes, sir. I say, yes, sir. I'm 62 years old. I say, he might be 28. Yes, sir. Here you go, sir. I pulled you over for this thing. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'll get that taken care of. Anything else you need, sir? And I don't have an attitude. I don't I don't say he pulled me over because I'm black. He probably did. I have been pulled over driving while black. But because of Jesus on the inside of me, who's a Jew, okay, the Holy Spirit of God in me, okay, because of Jesus Christ, I'm going to be cool, calm, and collected with the police officer. And I'm going to show respect. And 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 uh, for the mo most uh, for most of the times I have had an encounter with the police, I've never had a problem, except for a few times when I was a young man. And I don't care if you black folks like it or not. I ain't marching nowhere. And I have I am still alive. And I believe that if you, in dealing with anybody, red, yellow, black, or white, I show black, folk, black police officers the same respect. I'm dealing with a black man right now in, 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 in a little business thing. And I, I, he's younger than I am. He's studying to be a doctor. And I say, yes, sir. 
excuse me sir da -da -da -da. okay red yellow black one I'm going to show you respect because that's what God wants me to do and things go better that way black people Yeah, you, you all out here believe, looking at these movies and believing these movies, uh, uh, talking about, uh, uh, I saw, I heard of one movie, I didn't watch it, but I heard about another movie, and that, that fed into this thing. And you can get, you, you get yourself killed if you don't humble yourself down and show the proper respect for authority. Are there some bad white cops out there? Yes. Are there some bad black cops out there? Yes. Are there some bad Hispanic cops out there? Yes. You're proud to be to weed those out. But thank God for the majority who are not bad. We got bad pastors. Thank God for most of the pastors who are not bad. Pastors get into trouble real quick because they want to be accepted with other pastors. And they get into a, a circle of cesspool foolishness following each other in a little pecking order and before you know it, you got the blind leading the blind leading the blind that's the fact see? and that's why God kept me from I had I had opportunities to get on great platforms <clears throat> but I, God led me not me God led me not to tap into it not to touch base with it and now I know why because I am not buddy-buddy or friends with anybody. And if you're wrong, you're just wrong. And that includes myself. I'm not even a friend of myself. I don't care. I preach against myself. I'll call uh, me out. So, uh, but he, so he's dealing with the, ra the, the, the woke racism. So many people, so many people in the church got all caught up in that because they, they used to like to talk about it and talk about it all the time. And, 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 and that does not mean anything. That's a symptom. You're lost and on your way to hell. If you hate, if you're a white person and you hate me because I'm black, you're lost and on, you don't know Jesus, man. If you're black and you hate white people, you don't know Jesus, you're lost and on your way to hell. Where has the church failed? The church failed by not doing two things. The great commandment that Jesus left and the great commission. We have failed. We have failed God and we have failed Jesus Christ. And that's why we're under chastisement. That's why churches are falling apart and people are falling out of the faith. All over the place. And wokeism has a lot to do with it. Don't. You're not to give the devil credit. I'm not giving the devil credit. The, the, the devil is doing something that we never, we've never seen him do before. According to Dr. Uh, Ed Young, Jr. And he's right. You haven't seen this before, Jack. And most of you don't know what to do. And he said most of you pastors are scared to do something about it. I double dog dare you. Not to do something now. You got a pastor friend who has broken it down to you, broken it down for you. Get on the phone, call his secretary, and if you don't know him that well, don't bother him. And I and, and now now let, let me just tell you a few that I want I want to call him and they're friends. 
I want Dr. T.D. Jakes to call him and, and go to his house and sit down and talk about this. He's not going to have a hold. He can't do it all. So he's gonna get, he can give you the tapes and give you the sermon notes, full sermon notes. Not just the notes, because I want you to see it all. Joel Osteen, you need to go see him too. And uh, let's see who else. Dr. Greer. All of you guys. Pastors who have great loving influence. The people love you, you love them. Tell them the truth, just like this brother. Millions, just from those three alone, millions of people would, would be informed. Dr. Jeremiah is, is, is already dealing with it. But not, not as clearly as Dr. Ed Young. This is why I said the other night, I'll say again. You pray for people. Do not judge people. Because you don't know what God will do with them in raising them up. For such a time as this. Don't think your children cannot be healed and revived and used by God. They're going to go through some of the same stuff you went through until God, raised you, God prepared you and raised you up. I have complete confidence in God regarding my children and your children if you just pray for them and, and God will take them through some of the same things he took you through. And then when they turn 44, they turn 50, or they turn 40, or they turn 36, zip, bam, boom, God has done something in them and now they are rising up by the grace of God. I never, I never took Dr. Ed Young Jr. seriously. I took his dad seriously, but he was, he got weak on us. But, but they have smelled, they have, they have awakened, and they, they, they have smelled the coffee, both, both of them. Because you got, you must understand, Dr. Ed Young was down there preaching when they put a homosexual married to a woman, lesbian. Married to a woman in in as mayor. See that that in Houston that should not have happened. Period. That's the buckle of the Bible Belt. That's more southern. That's as southern as you can go. Southern Baptist. It was in Houston where they tried to. Get the sermons from the preachers and telling them not to preach. You can't preach this in Houston. I said, Negro, have you lost your mind? You people have lost your mind. That was years ago before wokeism really hit. It was in it was brewing. There's something we should not we should not have to put a stop to. Huh? I mean, there's something we didn't, we shouldn't have to be dealing with if the church had just done a little bit. Dr. McHorner, some of his targets in that book were left-wing academics. Black, white, red, and yellow left. To the left, to the left. 
who he worried were helping transform victimhood from a problem to be solved into an identity in itself. Yet in the two decades since, those academics seem to have become more influential than ever. In his latest book, Dr. McHorter, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, suggests that's because their ideology has been elevated into a religion. He's not the only one who has said this. The Heritage Foundation has said the same thing. It is a religion to these people. And as Dr. Ed Young Jr. said, this religion is coming after our religion. And see, and they, 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 they're coming after us hard. See, and you know who leads the way as far as uh, among so-called Christians? Who is a Judas of the church? Andy Young. He's, he's the most woke pastor out there. Him and a few others. I hope Mason is not. Mason, I think I'm saying his last name right. He has better sense than that. So if he did lead the church astray, and he's smarter than that. I don't know his, I don't know, I can't remember his first name. I hope, but I do know that you can get some the, uh, uh, theological education from the best seminaries in the world and come out just as stupid as you uh, went in. Because you try to use something to innovate. The church is not anything you innovate, people. The church is doing the old paths and doing what God said to do way back yonder. You don't, we don't need any innovation. Just pray and preach the word. And what's so beautiful about what Dr. Ed Young is, Jr. is doing, he's taking on this blob in the way that God wants preachers and churches to take, take on the devil through the foolishness of preaching. That's what's so beautiful. It's the most powerful form of communication in the world. In the world. You can't, you can't, there's nothing like a sermon preached well in the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest preachers uh, living today, uh, he pastors the church with no walls. He, it was named that before the plague, so he had the right name. He might have a little prophet in him, I forget his name. Down in Houston, I believe. He said in an article, and it's a brave statement because particularly in this day and time, everybody wanted to, you want you to be super black. Man, listen to me. My soul, you can like it or lump it or choke on it. My soul is white as snow through the blood of Christ, man. I'm black. I love being black. I love black so much. I wear black suits all the time. I prefer a black car. Uh, 
when I had the uh, uh, the mansion that God blessed me with, I wanted to black top the driveway. My wife is black. All of my children are black. I love blackness because that's the way God made me. I don't want to be white. I could have married a white woman, but I, I chose not to do so. I married a black woman. She's from Jamaica, but I married a black woman. I love black. Black don't bother me. And uh, as they used to say back in the 60s, I'm black and I'm proud, but I love white people, red people, yellow people, and white people. Why? Because Jesus Christ made my soul white, whiter than snow. You got theologians who can't even stand that. You got to be kidding me, man. Get out of here. You crazy. You people are crazy. I don't I, see, I don't care about all that. I don't care if you like it or not. And I'm the founder and editor in chief president of Black Christian News. I wrote uh, a best-selling book, Letters to Young Black Men. I wrote another best-selling book, Letters to Young Black Women. I wrote another book that was not a, a three-part series, I mean, a, a three-book uh, set, and uh, it, it didn't become a bestseller, When Black Preachers Preach, Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume B. You don't, 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 don't you ever try to come and tell me I don't love black, I, but I am not with Black Lives Matter. Mm -mm, I never have been. I, I can't, I can't, I can't just say that either. All lives matter, including those who wear the blue. And then he goes on to say, I do not mean that these people's ideology is like a religion. I seek no rhetorical snap in this comparison. I mean that it actually is a religion. The Heritage, Heritage Foundation says the same thing. They're on opposite ends. And anthropologists would see no difference in type between Pentecostalism and this new form of anti-racism. While praising earlier generations of civil rights work, he objects to what he calls third wave anti-racism, which preaches that racism is baked into the structure of society. Not based upon individuals. Not based upon the content of people's character, including white people's character. And let, let, me, let me be real with you. Okay. Huh? Can we be real? There are many of us as black folk 
have gotten a helping hand up. by many white folks who showed better content of their character than some of our own family members who are black and, and our own black people. That's a fact. I did not own my first house because my mommy and my daddy and my black family uh, supported me and helped me to do it. It was an old white man and his wife who heard about uh, how the, uh, we had a fire in our house and they did something that nobody in my family ever did. They didn't know me from Adam's house cat, Mr. and Mrs. Hill. They didn't want us to rent the house. We could have rented it. Huh? They wanted us to own the house. And don't you tell me that there are not certain agents, just like some of you people have Facebook, you have a Facebook site, you got a big Facebook site, you need help. They have administrators, you got administrators who can, you can not hire, you don't have to hire them, but they want to help, they want to volunteer. And they, they, you know, you can get them and put them on your site, 10, 20. And they'll help answer your emails and I mean, answer your Facebook comments and all that. And watch your comments. Don't you tell me that there are not some people. He, and he was an accountant. His son is an accountant. Don't you tell me that there are, some, there are not some people out there who have the power to change your credit. To get you into something that you don't deserve to get into. Credit-wise. Old man, Mr. Hill. In fact, I'm living in the equity of the house when I sold it. If I kept the house, we would be going towards a million, million, a million, a million land. Six bedrooms. Four baths. Four car garage. On a great street. <clears throat> I knew what my credit was, and it was not that great. And uh, they wanted me to give them, you know, what I needed to give them to check my credit, and so, and they looked at, they, they did something, he and his son, probably just him. They did something, and they came back, man, your credit is great, and and you can do this and that. Not only can you buy this house, you can do this and that and the other. All my family right there at the table. My wife and children, everybody, all, all of my seven children. They saw this and they were just so happy. Oh, you're good to go on credit, man. You could. I, I, I knew I was not. Not to buy a house. Not to buy a house that big. 
And then they, they, they brought down the price. I mean, not the price, but the monthly payments. Down to almost nothing. You hear me? They, wanted, they, they fixed it where I, they made sure that I could pay for it. White folks who don't, didn't even know me. So don't give me that. Don't give me that. Okay? And I thank God for the black folks who don't even know me <clears throat> and who stood by me. Not my family either. My mother, who's still living, got a son out here preaching the gospel every day and has not offered me a dime to help me in the ministry. Family, other family members, they got, they got money in the bank, have not offered me a dime. But if I, see, if I was doing evil and everything like that, they'd be uh, coming around. As long as I'm doing good, they're not going to come around. You got crabs like that, people in your family. I was doing bad and in and out of jail. They'd be coming around like Job's friends. They love that. As long as I'm doing good and, and, and preaching the gospel every day and standing for God, don't hear from them. So, I, so, so uh, if, I, if, I, if, if I fall into a bad situation, I don't want to hear from them either. And, and, and when I die, if I die soon, and I'm not taking in the rapture, I, they don't even need to come to my funeral. You didn't come, you didn't come to uh, help me. You didn't tell me that after my father died that you uh, was going to marry some other joker. And I, I want to tell all parents, don't you ever do that to your children. You talk with them first. You don't have to, I mean, I understand. You don't have to get their permission, but you need to tell them something, especially your boys. Your daughters may be more understanding. But the boys, you need to tell them something. See? And so, uh, don't, don't come to me with all that victimhood mess and, and telling telling me all white people are bad when you know white people have helped you huh white folks came through when nobody else came through your family didn't come through and some couldn't come through some could have So this is this is foolishness, and McHorter, a liberal, is dealing with it. White's complicity in living within its I mean, let me get this right here, cause let me get this right, cause I don't want to mess it up. Anyway, Dr. McHorter says while praising earlier generations of civil rights work, he objects to what he calls the third wave anti-racism 
which preaches that racism is baked into the structure of society. Whites complicity in living within his constant. Let me tell you something. I live in an all-white neighborhood. And I love it. You know, you know why? They don't bother me. I don't see them. Let me just have it. I'm, a, I'm an introverted person. I don't want to be coming. I don't care if it's white or black. Come out my door. I got to wave at you all the time and say hello and all that. I don't want to do that. Say, say, creature, are you you're not uh, hospitable, are you? Well, maybe not. I'm not a pastor, too, either. Okay. But I, 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 no, I don't want to have to speak to you every day and see you every day. You watching my house, and, and, and as soon as I walk out there, I got to see you. And we, gotta, we got to do this little fake little hello. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't like all that. I don't like all that. And they don't do that to me, and I don't do that to them. I, I believe a good neighbor today is you just, you do your, you do your thing, and if we have an emergency, let's help. But other than that, I don't want you coming over to bar and sugar. I don't want to see you in my house. When I come back home, to, uh, 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 no, I don't want to see you at my door. I don't want you around my house. I'm just being neighborly. No, never. I don't want uh, White or black. Really, I don't want that. And, and, and evidently, I'm around a bunch of introverted people. Now, if I needed help, they'll help. But I want peace and quiet. I don't want to be seeing you. God bless you. I... I I, I, I don't want to see you doing the whole lot of walking around out here. <laughs> I don't. I like it. Peaceful and quiet. I don't want to see you. I don't want you speaking to me. I don't want to speak to you. I'll witness to you and, and give you a gospel track and things like that. But other than that, I, 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 what about, uh, you know, being friendly to people? I am friendly. I'm not bothering you. I want you to show me friend, uh, friendship as well, but not bother me. I love everybody, I, and and that's the kind of that's the kind of neighborhood I want to live in. And I like it. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. No, no, not not with me. I don't care about that. White's complicity in living. Within it constitutes racism itself, while for black people grappling with the racism surrounding them is the totality of experience and must condition exquisite sensitivity toward them, including a suspension of standards of achievement and conduct. Okay? And we should not suspend that. We needed, all of us, need to do the best we can and be the best we can and achieve things in this life. Life is not worth living to me if you're not glorifying God and living for God and serving God and using your gifts and talents to accomplish things and to get things done.
my wife and I, we're in the, thanks to my oldest daughter, Danny, and my oldest daughter, Danita, who, quite frankly, they had to rise up and be a mother figure to their siblings, even though my wife was in the house. And uh, they did most of the cooking. Uh, and my, and, and they, they never had to wash dishes either, because my, I, I wanted my wife to do so. And she did the dirty work. They did the fun stuff. And they, they helped me look after their siblings. All of them are grown now, according to uh, as far as legal age and all of that. And so uh, my daughter, Danny, told me she wanted me to rest and take care of myself and that she'll, she'll, she'll make sure that, 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 that her siblings are taken care of, my children are taken care of. And so they're living in uh, her mansion, driving around in a Mercedes because she, Danny has done well, my oldest daughter has done well, and Danita has done well. They both are driving new cars and can help them get their license and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, that, and that, that has been a blessing. So therefore, I am in my, uh, what they call, uh, emptiness. But my wife and I, uh, and she's busier than I am, because she's an employee to me. I'm the only boss that she's really ever had uh, uh, for the past 34 years. I'm the only pastor she's ever had for the past 34 years and so uh, she is supposed to be a help meet but I, I even told her uh, you need to understand you're, you're an employee too and so we have business that we have to deal with we have ministry work that needs to be done and so it's wall to wall even at 62 wall to wall we, we don't have any downtime we don't have very very little downtime wall-to-wall -wall work and no doubt one of the reasons why is because we're older I mean it's off to the races in the morning when we do get up and it's off to the races to bed and, and, and when we, we do go uh, to bed and sometimes we'll stay up half the night working as does uh, some of my other children in fact they know they can tell we're working because we're working on the same program to uh, put up news stories and things that they do, and they, they can tell that we're up 2, 3 o'clock, and 4 o'clock in the morning sometimes like they are. And they even step later. You know what, though? I told her, this is good for you. You don't want to be sitting around here old and feeling guilty by the fact that you, you were not a good mother and not a good wife and all that. Just stay busy until Jesus comes or until we die. It's a beautiful thing. I think old people ought to stay busy. Tell me, you're going to go fishing and all that. Charles Stanley said, that's how people die early. You, you make up your mind that you're going to retire. You're going to, that means you're going, to, you're going to die. You're going to die. You retire early, you're going to die early. That's why he's still kicking it at 90-some years old. He's still preaching something and working for the Lord 30 hours a week. Stay busy for the Lord. The Lord will keep you and he will not forsake you in your old age. 
All right, my dear friends. I went longer than what I wanted to go. And uh, however, I'm going to finish. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, for the standing between the living and the dead devotional service, prayer service, memorial service, family service, and evangelistic service all combined in one. My beloved, this is Daniel White the third President of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 667, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story, a nonfiction story, uh, and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we are reading Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verses 7 through 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verses 7 through 12. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, your liberty, your holy word, your strength your unction and your anointing to deal with a monstrous subject. And Lord, thank you for raising up your servants to deal with something that I know pastors don't want to deal with. And uh, I certainly don't want to do the deep dive as Dr. Ed Young Jr. has done. And really, uh, it is something, Lord, one of those things that I really do not think we in the church should have to deal with. We should have been able to handle this and and dismiss it, but we we have not done so. So, Holy Father God, thank you for allowing me and leading me to deal with it as well. And Holy Father God, I uh, pray, hallowed be your name kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for salvation and spiritual and family and life and financial, material and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. 
I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us and the blessings that you have in store for us. And uh, Holy Father God, I thank you most of all for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, your mercy, love, and grace. Tonight, Lord, for those of us who are truly saved and born again, we individually and hopefully collectively confess our sins, our failures, and our faults unto you. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Crucify, Lord, our flesh. I pray for all saved people in my family, all saved people in this audience, all saved people in the country and around the globe, and help them to pray. For, Lord, when we don't feel like praying is when we need to pray the most. Help us to do that. And, Lord, help us to pray without ceasing. Help us to pray always. Uh, to pray in season and out of season. To preach in season and out of season. And, Holy Father God, I pray that you would crucify our flesh and the old man within us. For those of us who are saved and fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit, deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin, and grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right. And do that which is pleasing in your sight. And Holy Father God, help us who are saved by your grace to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins and to get back to you, our first love. And then, Holy Father God, I pray for the lost, including my wife and everybody who's lost in her family and in my family. And uh, I thank you for the privilege of leading all seven of my children to you on their seventh birthday, and I reminded them all of that on yesterday. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would save the lost uh, in my wife's family and in my family, in this country, in this audience, uh, and around the globe. I pray that you would revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving, and mourning. Comfort, Lord, the families in South Korea. Draw all of these people who are suffering from the coronavirus plague and other things, other plagues. Comfort uh, them as only you can. Draw them to yourself for salvation. And Holy Father God, even though I thank you for the fact that you have given me your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to rejoice in and to um, even get pleasure out of my tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions, as well as uh, distresses and afflictions, at the same time, Lord, I pray for 
myself, my family members, and all other people in this audience, in this country, and around the globe who name the name of Christ, that you deliver us from all uh, cares, worries, anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears. Deliver us, Lord, from all distresses and afflictions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. Lord, uh, uh, according to your will, if they are there to keep us humble and to keep us prayerful, Lord, keep them there. Anything else that you can remove from our shoulders, Lord, we would, we, we would give you thanks. Deliver us also from all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debts, and student progress problems, troubles, and difficulties that we're facing today. And thank you, Lord God in heaven, for allowing things to be as well as they are. Thank you for remembering mercy and grace and love uh, while the church is under chastisement and rebuke and uh, while the world is under punishment and rebuke as well uh, in an attempt to draw them to yourself and get them saved. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would bless and protect my family all Christian family members in this audience, in the on-demand uh, audience as well, and uh, across this country and around the globe. Protect us, Holy Father God, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell, even tonight. Protect us, Lord, from uh, evil people in the family, evil people in the church, evil people in the world. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'll have all that we do and say well, tonight and going forward to be done for your glory, praise, and honor, and for the glory, praise, and honor of Jesus Christ, for it is in his name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, thus saith the Lord, the Word of God. <clears throat> and Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verses 7 to 12. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. That which hath been is named already, and it is known that it is man, neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him? under the sun. Shall we pray? 
Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for your holy word. Have it to fill our hearts and minds, souls, and spirits. Help us to meditate on it. Help us, Lord, to uh, obey it. Help us to understand it and comprehend it and apply it to our lives until the day we until the day we die. And Lord, help us to those of us who are saved to teach it, to preach it, and to preach your holy gospel. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes. And yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, for that is what we are doing. Uh, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service. Service family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 1018. You know, I'm, I'm at a point now where I really don't have to do these devotions every day. We're way up in the hundreds and thousands. And, uh, we're knocking on the door of a thousand of these particular services, the standing between the living and the dead service. But when you have children, young people, willing to get up early and sacrifice and help you with the service, get it ready for you, well, all you have to do is click a few buttons. As a preacher of the gospel, as their father, that uh, that uh, motivates me to do it every day. And uh, whenever you have children, young people helping you in the ministry, even when they don't have to, they're not living in your house, but they do this for the glory of God on their own. I don't have to tell them to do it. They can quit doing it anytime they want. Uh, and so that propels me to go forward uh, with it. Even sometimes when I don't feel that well. Uh, but I always, not only do you get a blessing, I get a blessing. number 1018 where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible knowledge commentary and or the Matthew Henry commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. This uh, podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says Ezra and the Levites read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the word of God 
and the giving of the sense of it. It is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and the world would be awakened and saved by and saved rather from the wrath of God, the eternal burning hell by believing in and getting saved by none other than Jesus Christ who suffered and who bled and died on the cross for our sins and who said these most loving words, these most magnificent words, and these most important words in the history of the world to mankind. When he said one night to Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My dear friends, with plagues coming out of plagues and coming out of plagues, with bombs dropping on land and sea. If there ever was a time for you to look to Jesus and get saved, that time is now. Jesus Christ gave you the plan of salvation. I really don't even have to expound upon it. Dr. Curtis Hudson said before he died, the, the uneducated postman who became the editor of the soul of the Lord. John Rice appointed him to that position because he was a soul winner from his heart. Very few people could explain the gospel like Dr. Curtis Hudson. He said, John 3.16 is the gospel in a nutshell. I may not be original with him, but I remember him saying that. For God so loved the world. That means that God loves you. You might be in your bed tonight in the darkness, curled up in a fetal position because you have been hurt by your husband. You have been hurt by your boss. You have been hurt by your wife. You have been hurt by your parents. Parents, you might be hurt from by your children. Whatever the case, they may not show the proper love to you. But God loves you. Don't you ever forget that. For God so loved the world. Are you in the world? If you doubt that, well, then he loves you. For God so loved the world, Jesus Christ said, that he gave his only begotten son. He was speaking of himself. He was so meek and humble. He didn't want to even point to himself, even though he is the Son of Almighty God. And what that means is, he is God. All God and all man. The Jews understood this. That's why they killed him. Because they said he was... When he said he was the Son of God, they, they said, that's blasphemy. 
You know why that's blasphemy? Because they understood that if he is the son of God, that means that he is God. He has another name, Emmanuel, God with us. That means God walked among us. That means God and his son came down off his throne and lived among us, went through what we go through, was tempted just like we are, but without sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, the word whosoever means you too. No matter how you feel about yourself, no matter how uh, sinful you feel about yourself, how dirty you feel, how guilty you feel, God loves you, and to boot, he says, whosoever. The word whosoever is a very unusual word. It's a biblical word. It means anybody at any time. Only God can talk like that. Whosoever. Red, yellow, black, or white. They're all precious in God's sight. For God so loved the world, that means you, that he gave his only begotten son for you, that whosoever, that means you, whosoever, believeth in him, Jesus Christ our Savior. That's all you have to do. That's all Jesus said, is believe in him. Trust in him. Have faith in him. Depend upon him, nobody else. Not the pastor, not the preacher, not the church, not mama and them. Jesus alone. He's the only one who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. So doing anything else, such as church membership or baptism or going to church all of your life, and trusting in that for your salvation, you would be saying that Jesus Christ died in vain. And he didn't die in vain. It's all about the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That's who you must believe in. Believe the words of Jesus, not man. Giving money to the church won't save you. Shouting and running in the church won't save you. Speaking in an unknown tongue won't save you. That's not even the evidence of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou and you shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that means perish in hell, but have everlasting life. It's your choice. You can love your sin and so much that you hate Jesus and what he's done for you. You will go to hell and spend eternity in hell forever. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles combined. He preached more on hell than he did about heaven itself. And God wants you to know and Jesus wants you to know. We play, but they don't play. Okay? Okay? They don't play. 
we play because of our sinful nature. But God does not play like that. And he wants you to believe his word. Jesus wants you to believe what he said. And God wants you to understand that the wages of sin is death. And that we're all sinners. And so we all will experience death because we're all sinners. And if God will allow you to die because of your sin, you best believe that God will allow you to go to hell if you don't believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Who John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. All you have to do is believe in him. You don't have to be in a church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand to get saved. You don't have to receive the right hand of fellowship. You don't have to take a chair when they say the doors of the church are open the doors of the church have been open since jesus died on the cross the thief on the cross was the first one to go to heaven with jesus he never went into a church he never sung in the choir he never gave any money to the church he didn't have time he went to paradise with jesus immediately because jesus said today thou shalt be with me in paradise because of what I'm doing on the cross. All you have to do is believe in him, just like that. And if you want to get saved, believe in him tonight. Believe in Jesus Christ tonight. Believe his gospel that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross. For your sins, he is the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, including yours. Don't miss out on this just because you feel bad about yourself. We all should feel bad about ourselves because we're all sinners. You're a great candidate if you feel guilty. And don't believe the lie that the devil is telling you right now. Well, you're right, priest. Let me go and clean my life up and then I'll come back. No, no, no. That's not the way you do this. You go to Jesus Christ. You believe in Him and let Him clean your life up. You trust in Him. That's the trick of the devil. Many people have died believing that lie. The road to hell, as they say, is paved with good intentions. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe in your heart in Jesus Christ and that ought to move you to call upon the Lord with your mouth and pray and ask him to save your soul. And my dear friend, he'll do it. If he can save me, he can save you. Let me just say it that way. I was running away from God. I hated the church. I hated my father, my dad, who was a preacher. And... Uh, I was running as far away as I could from church. I was so glad I didn't have to go to church anymore. So I ran away from God. I ran away from religion. I ran away from the church. But God ran me down. Somebody told me what I just told you. December the 19th, 1979, and my life has not been the same since. I used to curse and swear that I would never preach like my dad 
because I carried his name and I hated the fact that he was a well-known preacher. I hated it. So much so I wanted to change my name. And, uh, uh, and I cursed and swore to my friends who would say, you're going to preach like your dad one day. And I cursed and swore that I would never do that. In fact, one day I said, I'm going to, we were on the school bus. I said, I'm going to drive the bus to hell. And we're going to party in hell. I thank God that uh, God didn't uh, let me do that. Uh, he led me to himself and I got saved. And God is probably, no doubt, doing the same thing for you tonight. You're not here by accident. God has you here for a reason. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, his son. Call on his name and ask him to save you. I'll help you with the sinner's prayer. You have to do the hard work. And just like Michael Lewis helped me that night with the prayer, because I had never prayed like that before, uh, I followed him in prayer and got saved. And you can follow me in prayer and get saved tonight. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. <coughs> Follow me in prayer. Mean it from your heart. Be sincere. <coughs> Pardon me. That's the devil trying to hinder me from praying. It's all right. I repeat after me, phrase by phrase. Holy Father God. Holy Father God. I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. And that I have done evil. In your sight. I have sinned against you. I have broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures, and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart, in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and save my soul. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins and help me to change and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if 
you prayed that prayer and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, some of you may have some tears flowing down your face. Some of you may feel a, a cleansing feeling on the inside. Some of you may feel like a burden has been lifted. That's all wonderful and great. When I led my seven children to the Lord, some cried, um, some smiled, and one or two didn't have an expression at all. So uh, you can't go by that. You, you must believe in God's Word. You must believe in the words of Jesus Christ when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and prayed that prayer with me in sincerity, you are now saved by the grace of God. I say that with all of the confidence in the world, because I have all of the confidence in the world in God's holy word. <clears throat> And so, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, truly. And uh, to help you grow in the faith, go to gospellightsociety.com, that is gospellightsociety.com. Uh, that's not the Facebook page, that's the website. And pick up a free book titled, What to Do after you enter through the door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. You just entered in by believing in him. And this book is a gateway to spiritual growth and uh, uh, strength as a disciple of Christ. It will give you the next steps as to what you need to do. If you follow these steps, you will be well on your way in your Christian life. If you obey them from the Word of God, it's based upon the Word of God, uh, you will be well on your way. And also there's another book that's free beside it, titled How to Get Saved from Hell, straight from the Bible. That will help solidify what you just did and help you to understand what you just did by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You may also email us. Through the email that's on your platform, we're on a bunch of platforms live right now around the world. And uh, or if you don't see an email, you can email me directly at dw3. That's D for Daniel, W for White, and the numeral 3 at gospellightsociety.com. Let us know that when you email us, let us know that you got saved. And uh, if you have a prayer request, let us know how we can pray for you. And we have more material. And I, I just want to tell you about this right off the bat. It's free to you. All of this is free to you. We have thousands of podcasts dealing with nearly 49 different subjects um, from the Bible. And all of them are good. Maybe I'll bring a list of them 
and you can just start with the devotionals. You can start with uh, what we're doing tonight. Some of you are going to go right on into a Bible study with us. Uh, the scripture in the sense. Uh, we have evangelistic uh, uh, messages for your friends and family and uh, um, history, Christian history, Christian apologetics, all of that. You will, if you listen to every podcast, you will receive, I believe, the greatest Bible college, Bible institute, Bible seminary, theological seminary education in the world. That's if you listen to every one of the podcasts. Why? I use the same books I used in Bible college and learned from in Bible college and in the seminary. And and I, I say you will get a better education. You know why? Because I am a firm believer in reading textbooks. See, some of you people don't understand when the teacher will take you away from the textbook. They want you to listen to the high points of their notes. So you're sitting there taking all these notes. Now, they give you a portion of the textbook to read. I believe you ought to read the whole textbook to be truly educated. Because what you don't understand is if you don't read the textbook, <coughs> there, are hidden, there are things hidden in the textbook, in italics, and even websites that are hidden, they, are, they do that to force you to read the textbooks. All of those websites will be invaluable to you throughout your life or whatever you're going to do in your life. So, uh, all of you who are in college and going to college, don't just listen to the professor. Read the textbook. And if you have a quick running brain, read the textbooks while you're in college. But if you don't, read the textbooks even after college. Keep those expensive textbooks. And that's where we come from. The Bible first and then the textbooks. So it'll be a great education for you. Go to Gospel Light Society Podcasts. Go to Daniel White III Podcast. Just type it in Google and it'll lead you to where all of the podcasts are. Uh, many of them on SoundCloud, Apple, um, all of the other places where you listen to podcasts. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, you, you're, you'll be good to go. You'll be good to go. And then we have church here every day, uh, every Sunday, every Wednesday night, and, and we're here for you. There are people up right now, and we'll be up to the wee hours of the morning, ready to receive your emails and answer your questions and take your prayer requests. So we're here for you, uh, by the grace of God. And God, of course, uh, is always here for you. Pray to Him without ceasing. Now, beloved, today we are reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth. That means ex exceeding angry. 
and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. Now to help you understand that a little bit, uh, with an illustration, a sad illustration from modern times, from the news that you hear about every day, uh, there are people in Ukraine, uh, there are people in other wars around the world who are going through that. There are people in America going through that. Mo mothers uh, won't be comforted because the child is dead. Pray, continue to pray for the mothers and fathers in South Korea and all around the world from this devilish stampede death where nearly 200 people died. If that happened to your child and, and, and your child is 17, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they made it that far and then some demonic freak thing like this happened, you, you, it's going to be hard to be comforted because they are not. They're dead. So, so that you understand this kind of stuff has happened since then. Uh, to, to help you uh, realize the reality of it, of what happened back then. Uh, so, dear friends, that was Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. Now, here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it. The Matthew Henry commentary is going to help us, but most importantly, the Holy Ghost is going to help us. Herod killed all the male children, not only in Bethlehem, but in all the villages of that city. Unbridled wrath, anger, armed him with an unlawful power, often carries men to absurd cruelties. It was no unrighteous thing with God to permit this. Every life is forfeited to his justice as soon as it begins. The diseases and deaths of little children are proofs, are proofs of original sin. That's how bad sin is. And that's why the wages of sin is death. But the murder of these innocent infants was their martyrdom. How early did persecution against Christ and his kingdom begin? Now only Matthew Henry can go this deep. Only Matthew Henry can go this deep. 
Matthew Henry is saying these children were martyred for Christ. Babies. Herod now thought that he had baffled the Old Testament prophecies and the efforts of the wise men in finding Christ. Never, 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 Herod, and you Herods of the world who think you have stopped God's work and the work of Jesus, don't do that. Don't think like that. That's stupid. But whatever crafty, cruel devices are in men's hearts, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank God for his word. Holy. <clears throat> Father God, I praise you and thank you for the salvation of the souls. Lord, tonight after hearing the gospel, and thank you, Lord, that they were able to hear their first Bible study as well. And help us all to understand your holy word, to appreciate your holy word, to comprehend it, to apply it to our lives, to teach it to others, and to preach your holy gospel to others. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen. Now, dear friends, we go to the what I dubbed the what I have dubbed the family verses into our daily family segment. And we're back around to Ephesians chapter five. We've been gone for a while. Verses twenty two through twenty four. For the sake of time, I'm pretty much going to just read it tonight. We'll be here three nights. The Holy Bible reads, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And let me say to men and women, you can, you can disagree with it, you can like it or lump it. Uh, I'm here to tell you we need real men again who understand their authority in God according to the Word of God. They do not have to be mean and uh, hateful. They do not have to be abusive and should not be abusive. But they don't have to always be nice either and let your wife run all over you and run all over the children and cause a bunch of hellacious confusion in the family. And so people can't get on with their lives and accomplish and do great things. It is your job, husband, to have order. You're the policeman in that household. You're the king in that household. You need to provide order protection and peace. People are not going to like it because of their sinful nature, including your wife. Uh, and you need to get her to the point if you, uh, and train her to the point that when you don't want her to do something, you don't want her to take uh, your children somewhere, you got to check in your spirit. Instead of giving in and giving up and they end up getting hurt or killed, 
you say no because God will lead you no God is not going to lead you through your wife sir that's a lie that the sweet evangelicals have taught it's a damn lie God made you the head of the household and God's going to speak to you and if you get a check in your spirit God tells you to tell your daughter, no, you cannot go out here in no shorts in the hall to top at any point while you're living in this house. Then you tell them that. Will she hate you temporarily? Yes. But you better say it. Okay? Because you know how men think, don't you? They don't, they, they, these young women don't know how men think. Your wife does not know how men think, so you better protect her too and be jealous for her and tell her that. It's like the bright young lady who's married to Beckham's son. She said, yes, we're jealous of each other. I don't, I don't like all these women who are crazy about him. And uh, when he gets on me and, and, and tells me to watch myself and because he's jealous of, uh, over me, uh, I think it's sexy. And that's how your wife is going to feel. She'll, be, she'll get turned on by it. So don't believe that lie. You're so jealous. I, I was just talking with the man. Well, I don't talk with him anymore. Period. Because I know how men think. Well, you don't know everything. I know. Whatever. Whatever. I don't want you talking with him anymore. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. You got my permission to do that, my brother. You better do it. And uh, uh, so uh, she needs to submit to your leadership. Okay? And uh, she will be thankful for it after a while by and by. Okay? If you don't stand up and be a man with her, the marriage is not going to last not going to last. Do you hear me? Sir? All that appeasing and begging and crying and boo-hooing and bowing and everything and letting her have her way and she always wins every battle and no, no, no. My wife ain't never won a battle. I win all the battles because I'm the king up in here. Okay? And I know you think, well, I, I, some, some of you might be thinking, well, does she have any say in anything? Well, uh, I let her say it. I don't want to hear it. If uh, if uh, if it's contrary to what I'm saying, I don't want to hear it. Because you know, really, I'm the head of this household, and uh, you need to be the head of your household. Your marriage will last a long time if that's what you want. It will last a long time. So, uh, wives submit. Husbands, lead. Lovingly train your wife to submit. Because she probably was not raised that way. And so therefore you have to raise her. If you, if you will. And I know, I know women are absolutely beside themselves tonight. I'm not saying that. And you ain't my daddy no baby. I'm not your daddy. But I got way more authority than your daddy. Even the state recognizes that. And, uh, and, and, don't, and, and if you ever try to call him to come over here and talk to me, uh, that's it. Because he, he ain't the king here, I'm the king. Glory be to God. Did I make you mad enough? 
Let's pray for others. And I'll be praying for you too since you're mad. And some of you are going to look at me like this right here. Some of you women, while I'm praying, you mad as fire. Some of you were half asleep. You woke up when I said that. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this long but fabulous service. I give you the glory, praise, and honor. And, Lord, we pray for all families that name the name of Christ, that they will simply obey your holy word, no matter how they feel or what they think. And, uh, Lord, we pray for the salvation of the lost uh, families. And, Holy Father God, I pray for all people who name the name of Christ. Have mercy and grace upon us for our wickedness of not obeying your uh, great commandment and your great commission we have failed you I pray that Lord you will revive us again and use us uh, but Lord to be honest I doubt it I hate to say that Lord but you, you know what's in my heart and I, I, I we don't even deserve it we have been so terrible and so many have fallen flat on their faces in the great falling away uh, but I hope against hope. And so, Holy Father God, I pray tonight that I understand that there's a major storm coming through our area all across Texas and across the United States. Pray that you protect us all from hurt, harm, and danger tonight and into the morning and afternoon. And, uh, Holy Father God, I, I pray for all people who are still hurting from the coronavirus plague and grieving and mourning. Help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. And Lord, I pray that you will comfort the people as only you can and draw them to yourself for salvation. We pray, we pray not only for the millions, but we pray for the few as well. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Kansas resident Amanda K. Hawkins. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Louisiana resident Paul Lompiasi. We pray for the family and friends of Oregon resident Katha Sue Summers. And we pray, Lord, for uh, all of the people who have sent in prayer requests, the thousands, Lord, who have done so down through the years and we thank you for thousands of answers to prayer and holy father god we pray for the salvation and spiritual family and life financial and material protection and provision mental and physical blessings upon all of these people who have sent in prayer requests down through the years uh, from around the world and lord <coughs> And we pray, Lord, for these who are, have, who, by name, who have sent in prayer requests as well. We pray the same blessings upon them, plus the uh, blessings of their uh, uh, requests that they need. We pray, Lord, for Ravi. Please bless Ravi with sponsors to provide the money they need for food, clothes, and gifts for the orphan children old people and poor people this season 
and to reach more nations with the gospel and train more leaders uh, and give him and his family continued health and protection. We pray, Lord, for Isaac. Bless Isaac with the money he needs for food and gifts for the orphan children this season in particular. And we pray for Shakat. Please bless him with the money he needs for the poor people in his region and the orphans and widows as well. And Holy Father God, we pray for the people who have gotten saved down through the years. And uh, we pray for some by name, a few by name, but we pray for the thousands who have believed in you through the preaching of the gospel from this ministry. We pray for Matt, we pray for Johanna, we pray for Agnoni, we pray for John, and we pray for Margaret. We pray for the people who have come back to you. Lord, as you know, we have never given this invitation, nor have we invited people to write us and tell us that they were already saved and they heard the preaching of the word and they came back to you. Uh, that's all you. I have nothing to do with that. I give you all of the glory, praise, and honor for that. And we pray for Agbenla, Sharab, Koshnathi, Michelle, Hadimola, and uh, all others as well who have done this. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. We give you all of the glory, praise, and honor that you will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, pray without ceasing. It's been so good to be with you tonight. If the Lord tarries his coming and we live, even in the midst of the storms, if everything goes well, we'll be back here tomorrow evening, and we'll be glad to have you. Until then, pray without ceasing. And from the Marines, Simplify, always faithful. And from the Air Force boys, Simple Supra, always Above. God bless you as the music plays. Have a great night.